Hello, and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of the people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real, raw stories of life change through Jesus. I am your host, Audrey Wallace, and today we're back with Bethany Miller. We left off when she was living in New York City, and she has some pretty big life changes coming up as she moves to Maryland. So let's get digging in here. It feels like you're probably, what, mid-late 20s at this point, and there's a yeah. lot packed in already. Yes. So. Yeah, that was a huge— And you mentioned you're yeah. married with children, so I don't even know how much <laughs> how much <laughs> more you could fit, but yeah. what's yeah, that like transition I said, it's been a journey. Like? <laughs> so, yeah, so from there, um, I met my husband. We met online. Um, that, for the sake of our time, I will not get into all of that, but to say that if anybody wants that story, that's a that's more of an entertaining story of how my husband— date night. And <laughs> yeah, how my husband got signed up for online dating against his will um, okay. and agreed to do a 10-day free trial and met me in the 10 days. <laughs> Delete. So, done. Uh, yeah. So, actually, I believe we both paid because f- I actually was in my 10-day fr- my free trial too, though it was I signed myself up. Um, but in that, we both ended up paying for like a month to keep talking to each other okay. and then ended up connecting on Facebook and mm-hmm. then on uh, by phone. And then we ended up Skyping because that's, it was, okay. oh yeah, it was, we've been married for 10 years. So <laughs> Skype. this was pre-Zoom, <laughs> this was Skype, we Skyped for a lot. Um, and then I lost a bet and did the first visit down to Maryland Okay, um, and had to go visit him. Um, What's the drive for that? Um, that one, I actually took the train later. Um, wow. Megabus. Megabus yes. is a very important part of the foundation of our relationship. <laughs> we, did, we did Megabus back and forth to love. visit each that other. Love, oh, yeah. passion. Oh, yeah. You're hopping on Cheap the Megabus. Megabus tickets, <laughs> my, my friend. I don't know if we would have made it without them. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, we have some real comical moments from our dating. We laugh and say, you know, if you want proof of God and the way he works, the fact that we <laughs> we dated and married is probably part of that. Like I said, um, you know, we were in two different places and um, he didn't want to do online dating. We never would have met. And um, he lost his wallet or forgot his wallet the first time he ever came to visit me. And I had to pay for okay. his first visit to <laughs> like New York. Like story, and, Eric. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> he almost missed his train on that one. We have a very dear friend who um, drove him well, was supposed to drive him to the train. He ended up driving, and that's a she's still traumatized from that car ride because he was driving so fast, so fast. to make the train. And <laughs> uh, so we have a lot of those just really funny stories. But we made it, um, and so I ended up moving to Maryland. Um, and some of that, I was working in the city actually at the time, so was commuting into Manhattan and doing that kind of life, and um, wasn't thrilled with my job at the time, um, and so kind of exploring what I was going to do. So it made more sense for me to move. Um, And so I should probably mention my husband uh, was a pastor at the time and was a youth pastor. Um, He'd been a youth pastor at the same church for almost 10 years um, when I met him and moved down there. And so that church was a church of probably about six or 700 at the time. Um, So when you when the youth pastor's new girlfriend moves to town, <laughs> there were some rumblings. And everybody some knows questions. who she is. <laughs> everybody knows who she is. So um, that was made for an interesting transition of like uh, kind of that fishbowl type experience of everybody knows who I am and I don't know who anybody is. Yeah. And so, and people were lovely. Like people were very welcoming, very loving, but it was also very overwhelming and strange to. Be in this new arena and moved without, didn't have, that was a big step of faith was we had been talking about it. And then um, 
ended up praying about it and deciding I should move down there. But then getting ready to do it when we first agreed and agreed on the date, we didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't have a job lined up. Um, It was terrifying. I was calling Eric. Eric is my husband, if I haven't mentioned his name. Um, Calling Eric sobbing. And he's like, gee, so excited that you're coming. (laughs) Um, And he even challenged my faith at the time and said, you know, if we feel like God called you to this. And I did not take that very well in that conversation. Um, and I had a conversation, I was seeing a counselor at the time, like I said, mental health is a part of my journey. Um, and so I was seeing a counselor at the time and I went in the next day and was telling her all about this argument. And I was like, and I told him I have a right to be nervous. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, no, you don't. I was like, wait a minute. You're supposed to be on my side here. And she, um, I took it better from her, but she walked me through that. She was a Christian counselor and kind of said, hey, you told me that God called you to do this. Then walk in that truth. Yeah. And so if he called you to it, you don't get to believe that he's going to like drop you off a cliff and not provide. And even if he does, (laughs) then that was his plan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and sure enough, he did. Um, So ended up living with a friend of Eric's who owned a townhouse and she had extra space. And so I lived with her for about a year till we got married. And I was only without a job for about three months and ended up with a great job. It did involve a hefty commute. So that's why I was only in it about three years, but, um, but loved my job for a while. And then, you know, all of those things worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first few years there, um, was probably another really significant depressive time for mm-hmm. me, um, of trying to figure out what that looked like to be a pastor's wife. And I don't think I had, um, understood w- the, the great burden that was going to be mm-hmm. or the tricky situations I was going to have to navigate. Um, and then again, kind of a whole new, like, what's my career going to be sure. and, and all of that kind of identity piece. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of depression in there too, um, before kind of finding my footing there. So, yeah. When I hear you talk about Maryland, and mm-hmm. did you live in Franklin the entire time? Frederick. 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 And you yes. began with an F. Yeah. Sounded something <laughs> historical to America. Yeah. Yes. Frederick. Frederick. Maryland. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I just think of it as a place that's filled with sunshine and rainbows. The way that you talk about that town <laughs> and the food. And I the, do love Frederick. The, yeah. Um, the wonderful things there, but it just you know again it the highlight funny, reel yeah. sounds really great, but there's a lot. And it of, was at the end, like you know, or by the end, like yeah, when I first got there, it was very difficult. Um, and there was a point where I was like, when are we moving? Like, mm-hmm. when are we going to, I moved here for you. Now, when are we going to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I can tend to be that with us probably my seven coming mm. out again yes. of like, oh, I don't like this. Let's change it. Let's yes. go somewhere else. Um, and God did not open those doors. And now I look back and I'm thankful for it because sure. we had very deep friendships that were forged. Um, And I also ended up working for Habitat for Humanity affiliate there for about six years. And my boss became a dear mentor of mine. My colleagues were friends and family um, and and just loved it and really established my career. And and that's probably like the stretch of my career that I'm most proud of. And mm-hmm. I discovered a lot about myself through it um, and gained a lot of career confidence and a lot of career expertise. And I just loved my job. Uh, but it, and part of what I loved about it was it put me very much in the mix of the business community. Mm-hmm. So I got to know the community a lot and then really learned the special and unique nature of that business community, that tight downtown network and, mm-hmm. and things. And so love being able to like walk down the streets. And it's just, it's a downtown. It's all, I think, almost all but one Starbucks. I think everything else is locally owned. Mm, that's really um, cool. So really unique shops and restaurants mm-hmm. and fun things and, um, you know, being able to walk 
through downtown and run into all kinds of people you know. That's just so fun. Quite the um, opposite of sitting one-on-one in a counseling room, which right, is what you see? set out to do as an 18-year-old. So. And God knew better. Exactly. <laughs> so, your, yeah. your gifts are really being amplified there. Yeah. Real quick side note, is Eric from Maryland? Was he? Were you he in his not. hometown or was he transported there as well? He was transported there as well. He grew up in Indiana. Um, and went to Grace College, and um, and he, he has a very different journey because he knew as, I think, a middle schooler that he wanted to be a pastor, wanted to be a youth pastor, and went to college for that. And then when he was graduating, um, a youth pastor, the youth pastor at the church in Maryland had been his youth pastor in Indiana in um, middle school or high school, somewhere in there, and called him and said, I'm going to leave this job um, for family reasons, and do you want my job? And so... He graduated college and went to Maryland, and then he was a pastor there for 17 years. So no, I'm sure there's also some bumps <laughs> oh, and great yeah. clouds oh, yeah. within that, but ban- man, that sounds I'll let you interview like him a- for those ones, but yeah. Pretty good scenario. <laughs> but yes, but it, but as far as like career-wise and moving-wise mm-hmm. and whatnot, yeah, very different in that A lot sense. of clarity there. Yeah. Got it. So yes, so he had been in the youth pastor role for almost 10 years uh, when we met and then were married, um, and then he was... He was in the youth pastor role for a total of 15 years, and in the last two years we were there, uh, he became the discipleship pastor and was overseeing small groups and curriculum writing and different things like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then another calling comes. Yeah. I mean, but there's also kids and, you know, there's all kinds of things in in the middle there. So, yeah, we we, we have two who are now four and six, uh, Cohen and Adeline, and um, and that was actually really great to have our kids there because our church community was um, such a family at that point and mm-hmm. so tight-knit that we just had so much support. So even though we didn't live near family, um, we had people who were very much like family. Mm-hmm. And our family was very kind. Our actual like blood family was very <laughs> kind to come visit a lot and lend mm-hmm. a lot of support. Um, but when they couldn't, we had people who did step into that gap. And so mm-hmm. even older people in the church who would take our kids for a weekend if we needed to travel or, you wow. know, for an evening if we needed a date night. Mm-hmm. And and I will say as a youth pastor and former youth pastor, you know, we knew all the college kids. And so <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how you get your healthy. babysitters. Yes. Yeah. So, so we did have a lot of support in that. Um, but as I see, you're getting ready to like ask about, so how do we get to Ohio? <laughs> so to do that, we kind of, that in itself is our most recent journey. And really, I look it's at it as... It's still in process. It's still in process. <laughs> it's still very much in process. Um, and the last four years, to be honest, have been very painful um, mm. and very difficult. And in the middle of that is when we moved. Um, and and that's definitely God's workings in that. So to kind of try to go back to that, we thought we were settled in Frederick and thought, you know, Eric was working at the church and mm-hmm. had changed positions and kind of thought he was developing his career. Um, and here I was super happy in my career mm-hmm. and we were having babies and, mm-hmm. you know, life, this is the American dream, yeah. right? This is what we're supposed Seeds to do. planted, roots growing, yeah. let's water it. Yeah, yeah. loved it um, and loved the various ministries we were having and, and all of that. And um, right after our daughter was born, like, a month after our daughter was born, um, we had the first of a couple of what we I refer to as like ministry bombs that went off. Okay. Um, and that particular one is um, somebody who was a very near and dear friend of my husband's, um, maybe even best friend at that time, an accountability partner and a fellow ministry leader. Um, 
we learned about a lot of lying that had been going on and um, and just a lot of things that had been hidden, some big sin issues, um, and and that he'd been lying directly to my husband on mm. some of that. And my husband was very hurt. It's very rattling, too, I would imagine. I, that almost feels like an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I, I will put this out there that my husband and I even had a conversation last night of <laughs> what all are you okay with me saying mm-hmm. publicly? Um, because we've only in recent times started sharing some of this story more publicly. This feels very like a lot of it's we've let certain people in at different times. And uh, I'll talk about that a bit. But, um, you know, we've been almost feeling this nudge to like start to more publicly share this. So why not start by public sharing on a podcast? <laughs> so um, so I'll, I'll try to gauge my words here because I want to be very clear that, you know, for whatever roles different people played in this, for better or worse, I don't want, I would never want to embarrass someone. I would never want to shame someone for their own walk, but merely to talk about how, what it did in our walk and my world, yes. own walk. Um, so all of that to say um, yeah, we had that first kind of revelation of a very painful truth that we had to wrestle with, um, and that ended that relationship for mm. my husband of somebody who was a confidant and a support, and who probably would have been the person to support him in a hard time. Wow, yeah. And so, and actually, um, that all happened right, like there were things that happened with that on the exact day that my daughter was um, admitted to the hospital for viral meningitis. Oh, um, and she's fine. Everything was, you know, we had a couple days in the oh, hospital. She's terrifying. good. But, like it, but it was a yes. traumatizing day when you have to sign the form to, yes, you can give my infant a spinal tap. Like that's a whole thing. So, um, so yeah, one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> and, and learning truths that were coming out then and being presented with things. Um, and so now we're trying to navigate the kind of fallout of that and my husband trying to pastor the staff and trying to pastor the church and for a while it wasn't public and then later it went public and we wrestled through all of these different stages of that um and meanwhile trying to parent two babies sure. and Stay married my and career all of that and, stuff. yeah and all these things and so um and and Eric would tell you that it um broke him in a mm. lot of ways. And so he would pull himself together and go to work and pastor and come home and fall apart. Yeah. Um, and through that, within the next two years, there were a couple of other ministry bombs that mm-hmm. went off um, and broken relationships. And um, in 2019, towards the end of 2019, when yet another thing happened, um, I can recall the day I could show you exactly where we were in our kitchen when we had this conversation. He came home and told me one more thing. And I looked at him and I said, I don't know where else to be but on our knees. Mm. Like, there, it, it felt like there's nobody left to talk to but God. Yeah. Um, and I will say that we got really serious about talking to God in the final months of 2019. It was every morning at 6 o'clock. We were both in the kitchen in the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like during the season... Every day I would hear from the Lord and be so met in that place at my kitchen table and God Mm -hmm. saying to me, I have a plan. Mm -hmm. And the continual message, and I could point to 18 different passages where he said this to me, of you look at me, you don't look to the right or the left, you don't worry about what that person's doing or that person or what who's saying or, you know, these rumors and different things that are happening. You look at me and you walk in integrity and I have a plan. 
That's and then I would feel like we'd go through the day and it was like, what beating are we going to take today? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. um, and then we would come to the end of the day and be exhausted and then get up the next morning and feel like God was saying, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that um, real strength in my faith, and yet our marriage was crumbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like I said, he, he would go to work and he would shepherd the church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get emotional about it. Um, yeah. And he had nowhere else for his anger to go. Mm. And so it came home and it came out for us. Mm-hmm. And so seeing sides of brokenness um, in my husband, who I thought would lead us, and, and things that I just never would have imagined from him, and sides of him I don't think he knew mm-hmm. were there. Um, so we were trying to navigate that too. And how do we survive our marriage? And in that then... That is where you get into this like very unique pastoring role of who then do you talk to? Yeah, um, feeling like my closest confidants were a couple of them were on staff with him, mm-hmm. and that didn't feel appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they were congregants, and that didn't feel appropriate. Yeah. Um, there's no safe space. There's yeah. no place that you could just go and pour out the tears and the words yeah. and the thoughts and and. And wanting with or with him or to with, protect him, like yeah. for as much as he was hurting me in that sure. time, it was also like I I still love him, loved him then, love him now, wanted to protect him, um, and so I did end up uh, seeing a counselor during that time. Who her husband had formerly been a pastor at our church, and so definitely knew a lot of the um, circumstances and a lot of the people involved, and that was of real benefit during that time and. Um, and I needed that outlet. Um, eventually, he did push me to share this with a couple of my close friends. And so there were two friends in particular. Um, they will know exactly who they are when they hear this. <laughs> Thank um, God for people like them. They, yeah. And they heard the darkest moments of mm-hmm. our marriage. Um, and I can probably count on one hand how many people know that, like, mm-hmm. the really dark moments. But, um, but those were the people. And again, like I said earlier, it's, those are God's people who step into those spaces and share that and, and walk that journey with us. So we were in the midst of all of that and trying to just keep it together. Um, and uh, then in January of 2020, uh, Jeff Bogue called my husband. <laughs> and they've known each other for many years. Uh, Jeff even mentored Eric when he was getting his master's and, and in some other ways along the way. So um, Jeff has called Eric before and tried to recruit him out here to work for the church or work at one of the church mm-hmm. campuses or different things. And um, to be frank, we never wanted to live in the Midwest. <laughs> we always <laughs> said we were never going to Ohio or Indiana. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, don't tell God that. Uh, he, he'll tell you what the plan actually is. So um, Jeff called Eric one day, and Eric actually had it on speakerphone, so I listened to the whole conversation. And um, Eric will tell you that I was Googling things about Akron like while we were on the call. <laughs> and I knew by the end of that call that this is what we were doing. Whoa. It was that clear to me. And it was like I'd been told for months by the sure. Lord every day, I have a plan. Yes. And we hung the phone, and I was like, oh, that's there it the is. plan. And um, and so 
you know, we went through some additional steps, came out here and visited and met with Jeff and kind of walked through. But Jeff was not calling us for a job at the church. Um, there's a national ministry organization in our Fellowship of Churches, uh, formerly called CE National. We've rebranded in the last couple of years and now Momentum Ministry Partners. And so Jeff had um, just agreed with the board that he was going to become the president of the organization, but he had told them he was not leaving the church here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, we needed to restructure leadership a bit, and he needed some people to help him run the organization. And so he called Eric and asked Eric to come do that. And um, part of Eric's story, if he were to tell it, is that he's been through and grown up through almost every program that then CE, now Momentum Ministry Partners, um, had run and that we still run. And so those had been instrumental in him becoming a pastor mm-hmm. and in him raising up students and all of that. So this is very much him like very much him coming home in terms of the church and the body and well, it's not a church, it's an organization, sure. but it, you know, definitely that body that he grew up in. And so doing something that's been near and dear to his heart for nearly his entire life. So that's January 2020. Things went perfect. You moved here. Everything yeah, was happened totally in normal, right? It was totally and fine. things evened out. No and big deal that it. he started March 1 of 2020. <laughs> totally no big deal. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, he started March 1 of 2020 remotely from Maryland. Um, we were in the process of getting our house ready to sell there and house hunting here. Literally every time we came out, things got more and more shut down. Um, but even that to me is like God proving that this was his plan because we bought and sold in the middle of a, the like height of a global mm-hmm. pandemic uh, without a single hiccup. It was very strange. Um, and so in the midst of that, me working at Habitat, literally the week we bought and sold our house, our two houses, um, we shut down our restore, we furloughed most of our staff, and they asked me to stay on board even after my move um, and kind of said, hey, we can't be without a fundraiser. We mm-hmm. can't replace you during this time. Um, and everyone's working from home anyway. Sure. <laughs> so we thought it would be this like short, like, okay, into the spring, right? So we moved April 24th of 2020, so literally in the middle of a global quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um and I ended up, we thought it'd be, you know, into the spring and then it was going to be into the summer. And then, okay, I'll get you through like this big event that we have in August that even that the format changed and whatnot, but I'll get you through that. Um, and then I ended up working for them through November. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, um, that was one of the hardest parts was to let go of that job, especially after all of that. Um, I'm immensely proud of the work that I did during that time, but it was also immensely challenging, one, because it's crisis, um, and two, because it, I wasn't there with my team and because we furloughed so many of our staff. I was there the day they all walked out of the building, and that was horrendous, um, mm. and I missed them and loved them. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it just was It was a very weird goodbye. We pulled out of town without really saying goodbye to hardly anyone yeah. um, and got here and couldn't meet anyone. Wow. And for the social yeah. creature that you are. And we were like four extroverts. <laughs> like my children are already very clearly extroverts. Eric very much is. He puts me to shame on that. Wow. He's more than I am. Um, yeah. And moved here. So for a family in crisis and a family who's just come out of a lot of emotional traumatic hurt, um, for a family who's, you know, our marriage was, we, we kind of I think in that thought, like, oh, this is a fresh start Mm -hmm. and we're going to, this is great. And this is where God's taking us. So that's over now. Right. Mm -hmm. And we got here in COVID and it was not over. Um, And that was immensely challenging. And so our, 
our marriage actually continued to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. And so, and had no support system here. Yeah. Um, And so very isolating. I'm feeling very isolated. And I think everybody felt isolated in COVID like it just was. Um, But to a whole different degree. Um, Yeah. So that was how we started our journey here. Mm -hmm. Well, like we said at the beginning of this portion and still in process. So there's lots of transitions that have had happened since you were here. You still have young kids. What's your career look like? Take some time to be home, but the restlessness at home and and all those transitions as well. And through that, then you ended up even joining Eric with Momentum Partners, which I think is cool because of the summer youth conference that started as a catalyst for your faith. There's a full circle moment there. (laughs) Yes. What a beautiful thing and like an easy way for your passions to be poured out into something that you really care about and see the benefit of. And that was never the plan. Well, again, not my plan, but... um, (laughs) When I left Habitat and finally finished my work there, I, Eric and I even looked at our budget and we were like, okay, like we could be okay if I was home with the kids for a year. And we both looked at each other and we're like, you'll never be home with <laughs> the kids for a year. That's just, again, I, I have so much respect for stay-at-home moms. It's not my calling. Um, and I was home almost for a year, almost to the date. <laughs> so then um, through our conversations with kind of the leadership and momentum, there were a few things that they were in need of, one being fundraising, and that mm-hmm. is my professional background. Um, and so I came in part-time first and was part-time for almost a year. Um, and then this fall took on some additional responsibilities. So I'm now the uh, communications and fundraising director and overseeing all of those pieces uh, for momentum and working alongside my husband, which even that then, because we were... When I joined staff, kind of exiting crisis mode on our marriage, um, and was like, "Is this a really good idea? Should we do?" <laughs> Very this? wise question. Yeah, and and to be clear, I don't report to him. Mm-hmm. We have some protections in place there, um, but it, actually, in a lot of ways, it has been healing for us, and I think it's been good for us to feel like we have a common mission mm-hmm. somewhere in our lives, um, yeah. and we have something that we can work positively together on. But we've had a lot of counsel. Um, and I will say the real interesting part has been, in a lot of ways, it's made it very difficult to make friends here, um, or at least deep friendships, because it's, you know, typically when you make a friendship, it's like, well, you let a little bit of yourself out, and then you let mm-hmm. a little bit of yourself out, and you, you know, kind of let people slowly into these vulnerable, painful mm-hmm. places to see if you can trust them with sure. them. And I don't really have a little bit right now. Um, the last four years have been... Um, devastating in a lot of ways and traumatic in a lot of ways and emotionally speaking and in relationship. And so it's kind of like, well, if you're going to know my story, it's like, you're either going to know a little bit or you're going to know like the depths. Right. Well, and And as we learned at the very beginning, you're willing to be in that vulnerable, transparent space (laughs) to aid others as well, you know? So that I think, and I think that's so healthy for people to know that other marriages struggle. It's it's like this crazy light bulb, but you're like, oh, wait a minute, Eric and Bethany Miller, they have problems too. And wow, how freeing, (laughs) how healing for them and for you just to be able to be honest as well. And my guess is that there will probably be people who listen to this and are surprised to hear that there was a point, you know, not that long ago. Like, I think we're probably just over a year out of kind of, like I said, that crisis space. Mm -hmm. But like, um, yes, summer of 21, I wasn't sure that our marriage was going to survive. And that's, it's it's still just hard to even say that out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I'm very so grateful that it is. I, I do truly love my husband. Yes. I want that part to come through. Um, we've both had to do a lot of work. Yeah. We've both had to do a lot of healing. Um, we've both had to relearn a lot of things and learn a lot of things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give a huge shout out to our church tier too. Um, I learned in this process how our church handles counseling. And I will say that um, I, I, because of my story, I can get very much on a soapbox about how people handle mental health and things of that nature. And, and the church at large, um, speaking of like the Church of Christ, not Grace Church, um, has a very poor history mm-hmm. with handling mental health. And when um, I got here, we first of all got through some of the pastors we knew got some connection. So we got some marital counseling that really I would credit towards us surviving that time and our marriage surviving. And then um, my depression really settled in after that. Um, it felt like, okay, I don't, I like that's at least stable. We know that's there. And then I could kind of let go of trying to manage that. And then I imploded mm-hmm. and my depression set in a very heavy way. Um, and so I reached out to someone on the church staff and I knew that the church was connected with a counseling center here. So I just said, hey, can you send me the information on that? And I'm like, I've, I've seen enough counselors in my life. I know how to get a counselor. I yeah. know how to, this process works. Um, and she said, well, let me set you up with an appointment with Pastor Robbie. And I'm like, well, okay. Like, didn't really understand why that was necessary. Right. But now to see how our church handles that is that you come in and you meet with Pastor Robbie and who knows all of the counseling partners mm-hmm. and knows their specialties and how they work and their even their personality traits and various things. Um a little and for counseling him to matchmaker. Say, yeah, you know, very much. Really and he has already vetted them for mm-hmm. you. Um, and for him to say, hey, let me help you find the right one sure. for the circumstances you're dealing with. Sure. And sure enough, match me with a counselor who's been incredible for me. Um, and just in the last few months, feel like I'm kind of emerging from the cloud and the fog and feeling in a, a v- much more stable place. Um, I also was invited into a group of ladies, a small ladies group that it's very unofficial group, not affiliated with anywhere, but we're all Christian women um, who have struggled with some various things in our lives and they've become a very safe place to let these things out and process and mm-hmm. cry together and laugh together. And, um, and so having those spaces um, have been formative. And, and with that group, um, the last week of the year we met and we were kind of did the like, hey, let's look back at a year ago. Where were you a year ago? Where are you now? Especially with the various things that we talk about. Um, and it was, I started crying because it was like, wow, I am in such a different place. Yeah. Like, and, and not out of it. Like, this does not mean like life is sunshine and roses. Right. But my marriage is a lot more stable and growing and repairing. Um, I myself feel a lot more stable, um, managing my emotions, not seeing those deep, dark, depressive days, um, feeling just a lot more hopeful for what's happening. Wow. Well, that ability to reflect back and look and see the fog slowly. You know, when you're in a fog, you don't necessarily realize when it's gone until maybe you look back or think back and, and you can finally see that. So then... As the horizon is clearing, can you <laughs> yeah. see anything into your future as we wrap up here? Like that, what's got you excited now, and what do you yeah. see next? I mean, I'm really excited to not be in the fog. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, that could be I'll enough. Just, like, there's there. something to be say, said for contentment, and um, that's very contentment um, in the, in that place. Uh, I really don't know, and I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is like 
I'm holding things a lot more loosely. Um, I don't plan these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it had been up to me, we would not be in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And no offense to all the Ohioans <laughs> out there, but it just wasn't on the plan. Mm-hmm. And God said otherwise. Um, yeah. And so learning to say yes to him, learning to look to him first and not like look to my plans and go, yeah, right, God, we're good with this. Gotcha. Yep. Can you bless good. this? Yeah, you're going to come along with me, right? No, nope. We're going to go the other way. I need to walk with you. Um so there's a lot of question marks ahead. You know, I'm parenting a four and a six-year-old, and that's a whole adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, my husband and I, are, think, are both relearning ourselves and each other, and that's an adventure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working for Momentum, which is a different career than I had pictured. Um, that's an adventure, and I, don't, I have no idea how long that job will last. Um, and so learning that there are things about that job that I miss and mm-hmm. about my old job that I miss that aren't in my new job. Um, but there are new challenges that I didn't get to do before, sure. even just being on a national level. Yeah. And so embracing that and the opportunity to learn, um, embracing what it means to be in this church mm-hmm. and where am I going to serve? And I think then the biggest question that I've been asking God is how do we use this story? Um, So we did have an opportunity this past fall. Um, We had a young couple that we know who came to us, um, not because they knew our story, but just as trusted friends and said they were really struggling in their marriage. And we spent some time with them. And when we first sat down with them, because there were some things that were very eerily similar. Mm -hmm. um, And so when we sat down with them, we said, you know, we're going to start this by sharing our story with you and shared things with them that we have not spoken of publicly as mm-hmm. of yet. Um, and uh, from what we understand, that's been hugely encouraging for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it gave them a lot of freedom to be honest with us. And they, they're in a much better place from what they're telling us. Um, and I'm excited for them in that. And feel like there's such a power of God's redemption when he allows a, when we allow him to use our story. Yeah, And so I've been very... Um, very much asking God that question of where am I sharing this story and how am I sharing the story? And then you, you know, <laughs> I asked me to come talk on this podcast. I was like, oh, well, I guess that's going to be one of them. And There's so, another sign, another yeah, clear direction. Yeah. And I think the word that you used in summary here, um, you know, sounds a little bit like Paul to say that contentment, I found the key, right? Yeah. And that is contentment and in all things and getting to rest in yeah. that. Like you don't need to have the horizon clear yeah. in each rock to step on ahead of you, mm-hmm. just having that contentment with where you are now. Yeah. And, and I'm not good following. at it. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, I'm not good at it, but I'm getting better. And I'm getting better at simply asking God and being curious mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I need to figure it out. Mm. Um, but to being curious about what God's going to do and where he's going to lead me and being willing to say yes freely. Not yes, because it's going to look like this, right? Yeah, <laughs> but exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll move and we'll go and you show me the way. Well, and you have decades of evidence behind you to <laughs> lean into and yeah. have that faith in. So I appreciate that you shared all of this with us. And I have a feeling you're going to get some phone calls, some emails, some stops in yeah. the in the lobby. And, <laughs> and I, I do. It so- I was going to say it sounds like this is an invitation. So yeah. if you do get the pleasure of meeting Bethany, please uh, yeah. reach out to her in any ways that maybe you're relating over her story. And again, I just want to yeah. thank you for. Yeah, I'm still building those friendships. So if you want to go get coffee, you call me. <laughs> Coffee. Or some good food because yeah. we oh, have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe not quite the we amount didn't you even get into coming that, from. But I'm a total foodie. You want to get good food, I'm in. Yes, <laughs> sounds great. Well, yeah. Bethany, thanks again for being here on Unscripted. Thanks, Audrey. <laughs>